In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My brethren, when we look at the poverty of our Lord in His nativity, we see that He was born not in a royal palace, but instead in a humble cave. When we look at the poverty of our Lord during His life, we see that He did not even have a place to lay His head. When we look at the poverty of our Lord in His death on the cross, we see that He was deprived of everything, abandoned by His disciples, counted among the wicked. So when we look at the astonishing poverty of Jesus Christ, we may forget that He was according to the flesh, from the royal family of the King David. It is written in the Holy Gospel that Joseph, his foster father, was from the family, from the family of David. And Mary, the mother of the Messiah, was also from the royal branch because a marriage would only take place among people of the same lineage. So Jesus Christ belonged to the royal family of Israel. So yes, he was a king because of the royal blood that he received through his most holy mother. Jesus of Nazareth, was indeed the king of the Jews. He was the promised offspring of David, the great king who was to come to rule over the entire house of Israel. That was him. And yet, our Lord never wanted to exercise his Davidic prerogative. Every time people came to proclaim him king, he hid himself. In fact, the people of Israel, they were waiting for the son of David. But this expectation was based simply on earthly welfare. They wanted a king who would break the domination of the Romans. They wanted a king who would give them good things on this earth. And that was all. But that was not the mission of Jesus Christ. Our Lord never wanted to fulfill this earthly idea of kingship. But his mission was to break the spiritual domination of the devil which is sin. His mission was to lead all men, not to earthly prosperity, but to eternal happiness. That was his mission. And that's exactly why 
The Jews did not accept him. So Jesus Christ is king, but his kingship is much higher than what the Jews were expecting. When our Lord was brought before Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, Pilate asked him, Art thou a king? And the Lord to answer, Yes, I am. So he confessed that he was a king, but he added that his kingdom was not from this world. So my brethren, by these words, that his kingdom was not from this world, our Lord invites us to discover beyond his dignity as the son of David, the dignity that he has as the son of God, beyond the royalty that he received from his mother. He invites us to contemplate the royalty that he received from his father, God. So Jesus is king, as he himself declared, Rex Sunego. But here our Lord is not speaking of his royal blood, but about something else. Something which goes far beyond his human lineage. Here, our Lord Jesus Christ is speaking about his divine filiation, about his divinity. He is king, but his kingdom is not from this world, which means that his royalty does not depend on any human power, but he receives it from God the Father. My brethren, he is king because he is the son of God. For him to be a king is innate to his very being. So the kingship of Christ we celebrate on this day is not the one that comes from David, but the one that comes from God. He is king above all because, as St. Paul says, in his humanity dwells the fullness of the divinity. In fact, from the very first instant of its conception, the humanity of Jesus Christ was assumed by the second person of the most holy trinity. This is what we call the hypostatic union. Two natures, the divine and the human, united in one single person. So we are right when we say that Jesus Christ is a man. But he's not merely a man. Because underneath 
His humanity hides His eternal divinity. He is God. God made man. And that's why He has all authority in heaven and on earth. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, elevated above all principalities and powers in heaven, and placed at the right hand of God the Father. So he is not only the king of the Jews, but he is the king of the whole universe. Because of his divine nature, he has domination over the entire creation. Now it's true that the kingship of our Lord Jesus Christ will only be fully manifested here on earth at the end of times when he will come to judge the living and the dead. However, his kingdom is already present among us here and now. In fact, the kingship of Christ has a threefold existence. First of all, we have the kingdom of Christ in us. And this kingdom is called grace. It is through grace that Jesus Christ reigns in our souls, in our lives. When we are in state of grace, our Lord dwells in us as a king in his palace. But when we commit a mortal sin and lose the grace of God, our Lord has to depart from our souls and we fall into the hands of the enemy. So if we want Jesus Christ to be our king, my brethren, we must keep his grace, otherwise he cannot reign in us. Secondly, we have the kingdom of Christ on this earth, here and now. And this kingdom is called the Catholic Church. The church is the universal kingdom of Christ, already present among us. It is through the church that Jesus Christ reigns on this earth. It is through her that he wants to exercise his benefic influence over all nations. And the Lord invites all men to come to his kingdom on earth, to come to the Catholic Church, because this is the way and the only way by which we will be able to go one day to the kingdom of heaven. The church is the antechamber of heaven. We have to go through one 
if we want to arrive at the other. There are no back doors in heaven. And my brethren, our temples, our churches, what are they but an extension of heaven, a piece of heaven on this earth, a palace for the great king? Because here at the center of this holy temple, in the tabernacle, we have the throne of the king himself. He's hidden, but he's here, truly present in the most holy Eucharist. And it's before him that we kneel down. So my brethren, when you enter a Catholic church, when you enter here, be aware that you are leaving the world that you are entering into the kingdom of Christ. That you are entering into the presence of the King Himself. <clears throat> so the kingdom of Christ in the soul. The kingdom of Christ on this earth. And finally... We have the kingdom of Christ in heaven. And this kingdom is called glory. It is in the glory of heaven that we shall see, finally, the splendor of the face of Christ, the glory of His divinity, shining through His most holy humanity. In heaven we shall see the face of the Lord. But we shall also see our Blessed Mother. And all of our brethren who are in the communion of the saints. And that's the reason why God created us. To be eternally with Him and the saints in the glory of heaven. But if, you, if we wanted to enter into the kingdom of heaven, we need to belong to the church and always keep His grace within us. There is no other way, no shortcuts. So my dear brethren, let us be faithful to our great King, our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us march each day of our lives under the banner of His Holy Cross. And let us never, never be ashamed of His name. And one day He shall receive us into the kingdom of heaven. O heavenly King, give us the grace to be faithful in your service until our last breath. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.